This is a WTOP original podcast. From Podcast One. Coming up in this episode of Target USA. Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny was poisoned at an airport in Siberia, and we're learning some new explosive details. This airport actually belongs to the um, deputy of United Russia, deputy of the ruling party and a very close friend of um, Igor Sechin, uh, who is in charge of uh, oil in Russia and who is very close to Putin, of course. And according to Natalia Arno, founder and president of the Free Russia Foundation, the hospital that Navalny was taken to. The head of the Omsk clinic is also a member of the United Russia ruling party. Both of them were frequent targets of Navalny's anti-corruption criticism. As a result, Arno's organization has launched a global petition to try to force an international investigation. Details on this episode of Target USA. The National Security Podcast. From WTOP in Washington, D.C., This is Target USA. Russia could render huge harm to this country. North Korea's secret missile. Capable of reaching the whole of the United States. Dangerous terrorist. D.C. is repeatedly mentioned as someplace they would like to seek an attack. Cyber criminals. Decryption successful. America has a target on its back. And on this program, we investigate the threats, the people behind them, the agencies fighting them, and the impact on you. This is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. I'm J.J. Green. Earlier this week, Alexei Navalny was brought out of a medically induced coma. His doctors in Germany say his future prognosis is still uncertain because they, at this time, don't know how the Navichuk he was poisoned with will impact his body later. One thing is clear, however, if he continues with his political ambitions, he's going to face more of the same. This is the second time he's been poisoned, and the Russian government, which appears to be at least in some way behind it, allegedly may be involved in new efforts to harass Navalny's team. Just this week, by breaking into the opposition headquarters in Siberia, security footage showed Tuesday morning, a hooded young man in a surgical mask entering, then running. The coalition's office, with people running out after him, showed that the young man had smashed a bottle of what was described as a pungent liquid. With us on this podcast is Natalia Arno, founder and president of the Free Russia Foundation, which has started a global effort to force an investigation into Navalny's poisoning. Natalia, thank you for joining us. Uh, we met some years ago uh, when Andrei Soldatov and uh, uh, another uh, key Russian journalist had been visiting Washington during the unveiling of some research that they had engaged in regarding some of the activities that the Russian government and intelligence community had been involved in. I recall at the time they and you and your organization spoke about some of the unscrupulous activities that the Russian government had been involved in, including poisonings and uh, other uh, activities. You recently, your group has released uh, a petition that you're circulating 
to trying to demand that the Russian government, the Vladimir Putin administration, be held accountable for the poisoning of Alexei Navalny. Can you tell us about that petition? Uh, yes, uh, we just understand that um, it's impossible to wait for any um, steps uh, from the Russian government. And uh, uh, we see that uh, they're not going to conduct any uh, fair uh, investigation on Navalny's poisoning. Uh, his family and his team immediately um, appealed to the Russian investigative committee asking to initiate this uh, case, uh, trying to investigate what's what happened to him. And uh, um, according to the Russian law, they were supposed to react within uh, 72 hours. Of course, it didn't happen and with no comments. <laughs> and uh, moreover, um, all the representatives of the Russian government, uh, starting from Putin and everybody else, um, saying that uh, nothing happens. They don't see any reason uh, to start the investigation. Uh, they don't believe Navalny was poisoned. Uh, there were a lot of disinformation narratives around it. Uh, he, they were saying that he was having a diabetes <laughs> or pancreatitis or whatever. And uh, so just there is no no intention or desire from the Russian government again to start this investigation. And that's why um, just not believing in it and knowing all the previous cases of poisonings and other murders or attempts to murder, we understand that nothing is going to happen in Russia. So we are trying to initiate the international investigation into Navalny's poisoning. How is the petition uh, gathering signatures? How is that process going right now? Um, it's going well. Uh, of course, right now everybody's uh, everybody's attention is more uh, to the news uh, from Berlin. Uh, today we woke up to very good news that uh, Navalny is out of his induced coma. Uh, he's not on a ventilator any longer and he reacts to verbal stimuli. And um, of course, it's still difficult to say what condition he's in. It's in all the long-term effects on his organism because it's a nerve agent, uh, as we know last week uh, the German government announced that uh, it was definitely Novichok um, uh, poison uh, which already was used many times including one of the most uh, famous cases of uh, poisoning of Skripal in 2018 in London uh, but it's not only that our own vice president of the Russia Foundation Vladimir Karamurza was poisoned twice in 2015 and 2017 and um, what he's saying, the symptoms were like not even 99% similar to what Navalny had, but like 100% similar. So, and there were many, many other cases. Uh, Piotr Verzilov from Pussy Riot in 2018, um, uh, Anna Politkovskaya before she was actually murdered with, sh with shotgun gunshots uh, in her um, apartment uh, mm -hmm. two years prior to that, she was uh, poisoned also on the flight. There were many other cases. So, um, again, everybody in Russia is very focused on how Navalny is. Uh, we are very happy that he, he, his life is not in danger, but we are very worried about his health. Um, and uh, so yeah. the petition is going. People are still, of course, um, signing it. Uh, we would love to see more. Um, at, at this stage. More about that. Mm -hmm. At this stage. Just to add, uh, what we see right now is an um, increased uh, debate in Germany that we are all trying to influence at the moment is uh, 
um, the attempt to freeze this uh, project that is very, very uh, important for Putin, uh, Nord Stream 2 uh, gas pipeline. And so probably all the efforts of Russian pro-democracy communities, wherever they are, uh, including exiled Russians, they are uh, focused on this um, project. So uh, at, at this point, uh, how many signatures do you have? We have around uh, 10,000 signatures. Uh, of course, it's not enough yet uh, to do anything, uh, but uh, we have more and more um, support from uh, leaders, uh, world leaders, uh, mm -hmm. saying uh, that uh, Russia sh should investigate and uh, there should be international investigation. There is a letter from uh, European Parliament, members of European Parliament, uh, like over 100 uh, members of European Parliament uh, signed their letter uh, saying that there should be investigation um, to include um, appealing to Germany, to the German government. Um, Canada, the UK, the US, many other voices that saying that such an uh, investigation is very important. Um, what has your organization learned about how Mr. Navalny was poisoned? How did it happen? What do you know about that? Well, he was in his trip uh, to Siberia. Um, uh, as you know, uh, next week is the regional elections in Russia, and uh, there are candidates uh, representing Navalny's movement, uh, including in Novosibirsk, where he was um, uh, campaigning, where he was shooting his uh, documentary on the corruption of the ruling party United Russia. And um, um, he was uh, over with his um, original trip, and he, he was uh, supposed to go to Moscow, back to Moscow. And uh, it was supposed to be a four-hour flight uh, from uh, Tomsk uh, to Moscow. But uh, he felt unwell uh, on the flight, and uh, the pilots made a very uh, good decision, very um, necessary decision to land uh, the plane in another Siberian city, Omsk. Um, and uh, this uh, fact, and also that um, the um, doctors of the ambulance immediately understood that it was poisoning, gave uh, him atropine, this antidote. Uh, saved Navalny's life because uh, otherwise, definitely, there are no, like everybody's on the same page saying if uh, the pilots didn't uh, didn't land the plane, uh, he would die on this flight. And um, so it definitely an attempt to murder him. And yeah. but then uh, what uh, started to happen in Omsk clinic uh, was very surreal, and it was like again reality show happening in all our eyes when we saw that uh, his family, his team uh, wanted to move uh, Navalny to uh, Germany and Germany sent a plane uh, to get him. But the Russian authorities and uh, doctors in this clinic were saying that he's not transferable. And basically what we saw, it was a operation to cover up. Um, I'm sure they were not treating him rather than just uh, trying to get rid of all these traces of Novichok. Mm -hmm. uh, there were much more uh, security um, services um, officers in the clinic than actually doctors. Um, his wife wasn't allowed to see him from the very beginning. And there were like very ridiculous uh, excuses saying that you don't have a marriage certificate and things like that. Finally, after phone calls, like two days later, after phone calls from uh, Germany, France, um, um, German Chancellor Angela Merkel and uh, French President Emmanuel Macron and other European leaders, to um, directly to uh, Vladimir Putin, uh, Navalny was allowed uh, to be transferred to Germany. So since uh, that time, he's in the 
uh, German clinic Charité, a very famous one. So as soon as he landed there, we were a little bit relieved knowing that he will get the best possible help in this situation. And uh, then uh, the um, he was on uh, this induced coma all these uh, uh, days. For, so for 18 days, he was in coma. And um, last week, uh, the German government, Angela Merkel herself, announced that uh, the, uh, the toxicological laboratory uh, certified with this Organization for Prohibition of uh, Chemical Weapons uh, um, established uh, that is, this is a um, definite proof uh, that uh, the poison uh, that Navalny was poisoned with is, belongs to this uh, um, group of poisons, and the most famous is Novichok, and they actually determined that this is Novichok itself, uh, which uh, is... Uh, uh, Novichok means Vladimir Putin. Uh, you cannot mm-hmm. buy this substance in a pharmacy. <laughs> it's uh, definitely that only the Russian government has an access to it, and uh, Russia is um, like uh, very obviously uh, breached this um, uh, convention, convention on uh, chemical weapons, and only for this reason there should be an investigation. Once you get all the signatures that you get, uh, what are you going to do with those signatures at that point? Unfortunately, there are not that many um, uh, legal uh, paths uh, to to do that. Uh, there are more political paths, I would say. Uh, so, but w- whatever is possible, uh, whatever is available, uh, we will try to pursue. Um, for example, Russia is not a member of the International Criminal Court, so we cannot go through this route at all. Um, of course, uh, Navalny's team will be. Um, um, submitting the complaint to the inter- uh, European Court on Human Rights. And uh, as we know, very often Navalny was uh, um, had this lawsuit against Russia at the, the European Court on Human Rights, and uh, they always granted his <laughs> that his rights were violated, uh, his rights to do demonstrations, his, his right to speak out and things like that. And of course, this is like very important. This is his right to lie, to live. Uh, and um, um, but also there are special rapporteurs uh, uh, at the UN. Uh, so this is a, also a political mechanism, I would say. Or the PACE, uh, the Parliamentary Assembly of Council of Europe, they are going to to do something on that. And uh, so we are going to work closely with that and with the European Parliament and with all national parliaments, including German. Uh, with the U.S. Congress, of course, whatever is uh, available uh, in the U.S., we would love to, to to pursue it as well. So anything what we can uh, just to catalog this uh, another crime of Putin's regime uh, is very important to do. What's, what has the U.S. government, uh, if anything, said to you or your organization about this situation? Um, not about uh, not to us, but uh, there were some public statements. Unfortunately, not immediately, but like a few days later, um, the State Secretary Pompeo said uh, that um, uh, he's very concerned with uh, Navalny's poisoning, and if the reports prove um, uh, accurate, then uh, the U.S. Uh, should work with the European allies uh, to try to find find out the truth. Navalny was poisoned on August 20th, and uh, Pompeo's statement was on August 25th only. Um, but at least uh, he, he spoke out. And uh, also, um, there was a statement from the National Security Council, I believe from the spokesperson, uh, saying that the U.S. is deeply um, troubled um, and that the Russian people, of course, have all the rights to speak out without any fear 
to being persecuted and especially being poisoned. Um, unfortunately, we don't have anything from President Trump, uh, um, at least uh, according to my understanding that the only thing he said that he hasn't seen any um, any proof. Mm. But again, uh, Novichok, um, only, uh, it's a substance that developed only in Russia, nowhere else. Uh, they started to develop it uh, during the Cold uh, War yeah. period, yes, and it's only uh, only Russian military has an access to it. And so, Novichok use use of Novichok now is definitely like a, a, at the very least, it's a violation of this uh, Convention on Chemical Weapons. Yeah. Uh, but uh, of course, not speaking about any other just uh, violations yeah. of any possible human rights. Yes, so. Um, so nothing much, but um, a lot of from the U.S. Congress, and uh, um, it's uh, traditionally, and we're very thankful to the U.S. Congress of, uh, for this bipartisan support uh, all the time on this um, issue of Russia, they, of pro-democracy Russia, they are always uh, very... Um, yeah, so... Uh, yes, visible, yes, and so we saw the statement from the uh, Senate Foreign Relations Committee, from the House Foreign Affairs Committee, from uh, separate senators and yeah. uh, yes, congressmen, so it, it, this is a great support. Let, let me ask you this question, and this is to go back to something you said earlier. You laid out the steps about what you knew about Mr. Navalny's poisoning. Has anyone figured out yet where or how he picked up this poison? Uh, this is what can be done through investigation. This is why we, we think that it's so critical to have it. But but do you have any ideas yet, though, on where it could have happened? There are speculations, yes. There are speculations that he uh, had some tea in the um, uh, Tomsk airport before uh, he he had on this flight. Uh -huh. But uh, And also uh, what, uh, what we learned, that uh, this airport actually belongs to... Uh, the um, deputy of United Russia, deputy of the ruling party, and a very close friend of um, Igor Sechin, uh, who is in charge of uh, oil in Russia and who is very mm. close to Putin, of course, and uh, uh, who was the target of um, multiple of uh, Navalny's investigations of corruption and many other things. And like, very, very curious. <laughs> Yes, yes. And also it's very <laughs> interesting that the head of the Omsk clinic is also a member of the United Russia ruling party. Um, and uh, so Navalny was able to um, get on the nerve with those guys um, uh, many years ago here. Uh, get this term, the party of thieves and crooks, and it became very um, viral in Russia. Everybody knows it. Many people would say, rather than United Russia, they would say the party of uh, uh, thieves and crooks. Uh, also, he had lots of uh, investigations about uh, people like federal level politicians or regional politicians um, uh, from United Russia. Uh, and so, and uh, he also developed basically an alternative television uh, Vladimir Putin is uh, so mesmerized with the power of uh, television because it made him um, to, to who he is. So just out of a board bureaucrat, he became a world leader, uh, rest, like uh, <laughs> bare-chested wrestling with bears and tigers and riding, I don't know, helicopters, tanks and being such a macho. So he completely believes that television can do anything. Um, and he, of course, invested billions to, to television. But um, it appears so that well, Russian youth doesn't watch TV. Russian youth is more on YouTube. And Navalny speaks that language. <laughs> and uh, 
that's why he's very popular in Russia. That's why he's very dangerous for the regime uh, because he tells the truth and he found a very good medium for that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, also he found a very good solution against the ruling party United Russia. It's called smart voting. Um, mm-hmm. Before that, uh, the Russian authorities would disqualify any uh, pro-democracy politician from any level of campaigns, uh, federal or regional or municipal. Uh, but uh, what Navalny is saying that you can uh, actually, if, if if there is somebody from our movement, from Navalny's movement or from any other uh, pro-democracy party in Russia, it could be Open Russia Fedorkovsky, it could be Yablaka, it could be any, any other uh, good force, then, you, of course, it's better for vote for this person. But if nobody is on the list, just try to vote for any... Any other person, even if it's from so-called systemic opposition, like all these communists and uh, liberal Democrats uh, owned by the Kremlin or just Russia Party, but even they are less lesser evil than United Russia because <laughs> they all have their interest, and even they are even if they are very loyal to the Kremlin and would afraid to say too much, they are still not exactly as loyal and as. <laughs> as belonging to the power vertical as as the United Russia. So, Natalia, let me ask you this question. Um, Your organization has been at this for a long time. Um, And you, as you mentioned before, I think your vice chairman, uh, Mr. uh, Karamurza, had been poisoned himself twice. Uh, Mm -hmm. And there are others who have uh, been poisoned by the Russian government, uh, and they didn't survive. Mm -hmm. Do you think that this was an attempt to kill Mr. Navalny or a message? Because I understand some things are taking place next door in Belarus, and uh, there are concerns that opposition people like him can spark greater protest inside Russia, which means things would get worse for the the Putin regime. So do you, does your organization think that this was an attempt to kill Mr. Navalny or to scare him? Definitely uh, the attempt to, to kill. Um, and uh, again, the use of Navichok itself, this is a nerve agent, this is a, a murder <laughs> machine, and uh, of course uh, the intention was to, to kill him. Uh, but of course, if uh, there are things like uh, circumstances like what we are having now, when he survived, it's also good uh, to show the message. So it's always like double. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, the fact that uh, Navalny was going on this uh, plane and long flight uh, and um, actually the same happened to Vladimir Karamurza second time uh, in 2017 he the poisoning happened right before his uh, um, flight uh, back to the US uh, from Russia so of course he wouldn't definitely won't survive it so he he Vladimir felt himself unwell on the way to the airport and thank God he was able to uh, to get to the clinic before his flight, and uh, it was um, both times he was poisoned. Um, the doctors gave only five percent chance for his survival, so it's really a miracle that he survived. Mm. Um, and um, same was with Navalny. It's so a four-hour flight; he wouldn't survive. And actually, instead of 
opening investigation uh, on Navalny's poisoning, uh, uh, what the Russian authorities did, they opened an investigation why the pilots landed this plane. So it's very possible that those pilots who actually saved Navalny's life would be, again, in prison or persecuted for, for saving his life. Yeah. Um, so, and of course, um, Navalny is a, again a very out, the most uh, outspoken critic of Putin's regime, and of course, the situation in Belarus, in Khabarovsk, and in Russia in general, generally is of great concern for Vladimir Putin. He knows that he's uh, losing his uh, ratings, um, and uh, everything. Like uh, he 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 was a Teflon president for many years. Like uh, whatever happened, would happen, like wouldn't touch him. But now he's losing popularity. He I think forever lost uh, the um, youth uh, age uh, population uh, and uh, many many other people more and more in, in regions understand uh, the true cost of this regime to their lives and uh, they don't like uh, the Crimea annexation any longer they really hated uh, the pension reform uh, and uh, Putin and his government lost a lot of trust among people for that there, are, there is a growing uh, demand for changes among Russians, and just uh, people are tired of seeing the same person. There is an entire generation of Russians who um, already uh, receive this right to vote. They are already 18, for example, and they can go and vote, but they, they haven't seen anybody but Putin on TV screens all their lives. It's just it's, it's not right. Mm-hmm. It's very wrong. Yeah. Last thing I'll ask you um <clears throat> Is there anything uh, that I haven't asked you about that you think is important as we look at what your organization has been doing and is trying to achieve with the um, this this p- p- petition? Is there any any information about uh, some investigation getting underway yet, or is it still nothing happening with that? Nothing happening yet. There are increasing voices that this uh, investigation should uh, happen. And, uh, of course, there, are, there is no uh, doubt that uh, the Russian government won't start its domestic investigation. So at least at the international level, we can do something. Uh, but just generally, uh, Vladimir Putin and his regime is uh, up to us, up to pro-democracy Russians. We'll deal with him. But what we always ask Western audiences is just not empower this regime, just understand uh, who they are, <laughs> and also that uh, the, all these uh, crimes, uh, they are not only inside Russia, but they actually impacting the entire globe. They're everywhere. Uh, And uh, it just, it's another topic for discussion to talk about all these malign activities of the Kremlin in the West. And uh, from just, uh, again, murders like that, uh, Vladimir Putin murders not only inside Russia, as we know, it happens in uh, London, in Vienna, in Berlin, just everywhere. (laughs) And, um, And also there are a lot of other interviews so just uh, what we ask is not to empower this regime, understand that they are criminals, that they are, shouldn't be even in G- G20 and or in, just in any, they should be, basically Putin's regime should be an outcast for the international community and uh, um, it should be completely contained and there should be, of course, more engagement of the Russian civil society, pro-democracy movement, but uh, Putin and all his clique should be completely banned by all the, all the world. Yeah. You know, um, to end this, um, you make a very good point about um, all of these suspicious deaths that have taken place. And uh, when we first met years, several years ago, I was in mm-hmm. the process of doing 
uh, a an investigation into that. Um, there at, at that point, um, and I believe this was in 2018. There were 38 suspicious deaths of Russians that had taken mm-hmm. place in numerous countries, including right. one here in the U.S. That you know nobody has said definitely that it wasn't connected to Russia. It's just been hanging out there. Nobody seems mm-hmm. to say for sure. And that was the death of uh, Putin. The Pont Circle Hotel, Lesson. Yes, Mikhail yeah. Lesson. Yes. Many strongly suspect that had something to do with the Russian government. But again, it's kind of hanging out there and it has never been mm-hmm. dealt with. So perhaps that is what uh, is indeed happening with this organization of yours as you're getting closer to uh, the truth about all of these. Is there anything you want to add that I haven't asked you about that you think is important? Well, it's very important to understand that uh, Russia and Putin's Russia are completely two different things. And uh, uh, again, what Putin is doing is uh, absolutely criminal and corrupt. And it, he just is not only within Russian borders, it's he and the West as well. Um, but Russian people are very good. They, they deserve a better life, and this is what we are going to do. And uh, we are sure that Russia will be free, and uh, there won't be even a need for Free Russia Foundation any longer. That's a very powerful statement you just made. Thank you. Natalia, thank you very much. I appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. That's it for this episode. We'll be back on our next episode with more on the Navalny situation, what's happening in Belarus, and the overall Russia problem when it comes to the U.S. election. If you have any questions or comments in the meantime, send me an email at jgreen at wtop.com. That's the letter J, the color green, one word, at whiskeytangooscarpapa.com. Also, Please subscribe to our podcast, if you will, and follow us on Twitter, if you want. We're at TUSA Podcast. That's at Tango Uniform Sierra Alpha Podcast. Also, you can sign up for my newsletter. It's called Inside the Skiff. That's Inside the Skiff, and you can sign up at WTOP.com slash alerts. I'm J.J. Green, and this is Target USA. The National Security Podcast. Buy tickets now for Modern Drummer Festival 2020, streaming on Live by Live, Saturday, September 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern. Catch performances from more than 30 of the world's best drummers, including Chad Smith of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Taylor Hawkins of Foo Fighters, Mike Portnoy, Cindy Blackman-Santana, and many more. Plus, a special tribute to drumming legend Neil Peart. All proceeds benefit brain tumor research at Cedars-Sinai Medical Center in honor of Neil Peart. Get your tickets today at livexlive.com slash modern drummer and tune in September 12th at 8 p.m. Eastern only on Live by Live. Now, stay tuned for the latest headlines from the Associated Press.